Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Hey, this morning, let's get back into our series. If you've been following us online, we've been started this series in the book of Hebrews called No Turning Back. And uh, today we're going to talk about remaining in his rest. But before we do that, I want to just give you a little bit of backdrop because when you read the book of Hebrews, you need to look through the lens of who the author, author of the book of Hebrews is writing to. And he's writing to uh, Jewish believers who had accepted Christ by faith. But because of circumstances, maybe because of persecution or pressure that arose, or maybe because they felt like they, they couldn't break away from their religious parts of Judaism, decided to, to abandon the faith and go back under the law and go back under Judaism. And so this is where the context is, is that uh, he is dealing with the, the people who once they started out in faith, and all of a sudden they just they, they said, whoa, something's not right here. And they began to convert back and thinking they could find forgiveness under the under the sacrifices how many know it's hard to break bad habits when you're when you're religious habits i'm talking about i mean i i grew up when i first got saved i thought i had to do certain things to make god pleased or happy with me instead of realizing he's already done all the work and he wants me just to surrender to him anybody ever been there i mean and it, it became more of a religion than it was a relationship and I know people that uh, if you've been raised a certain way, and this is really contrary to the way these Jewish people, because all their life they had worshipped God by bringing sacrifice and having the priests intercede for them and having the, uh, the altar where the, all the burnt offerings were. But now they've accepted by faith, and now they're wanting to go back under Judaism. And this is what he's, he's, he's talking about in this whole process here. So let's talk about this this morning, remaining in his rest. How many know there is a rest that you can live in? Every day, every moment of your life, and it's in, the, it's in being a part of his kingdom. My, my wife and I were out the, this uh, past week, and I said, Diane, what, what does rest mean to you? What does, that, what does that look like to you? And she said, to rest in God, to her, was just giving up my efforts. Quit trying to be spiritual and, let, and just receive what God has for me. Believe what God's word says about me and to know who you are in Christ. And that's, that's rest, because all of a sudden, you're, you're not having to run through spiritual uh, jumping over spiritual hurdles or so to feel like you're spiritual enough. I mean, I, if I don't read my Bible, I'll say, oh, God, you know, my relationship's gone. No, there's times we get busy and things happen, but you know what? That, anybody ever got up in the morning and didn't feel saved? Okay, I'm the only one years ago. I don't know anymore. I, got up, I, get, I used to get up thinking, where's God? You know, God's, God must abandon me overnight and, and everything. I've been, and all of a sudden, I was messed up because I got to do certain things. I got to get back in the Word. I got to get back in the prayer. I got to get back in this so God will love me again. And that, that's some of our religious hurdles we run through sometimes instead of realizing that we have to learn how to surrender and rest in God. So let's talk about entering into his rest today. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Look at this. And we're just going through the book of Hebrews and looking at these verses. This is it. He says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Now, listen, as we think about this, he said the, the promise of entering his rest still stands. How many know that's for you and I today? God has a rest that he wants you and I to live in. But before we jump right in here and go, if you got your Bibles, go over to that one book, uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And this is, this is where he kind of ended off, verse 16. Uh, we're going to start with 16, 17, 18, and 19 and read those. Look what it says. 
or verse through eighteen. He says, "And who is who is who is it who rebelled against God, even though they heard His voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for forty years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses laid in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when He took?" An oath that, that they would never enter his rest. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Now, the rest that he was talking about in the Old Testament was going into the promised land. And how many know oh, out of the millions of people that came out of Egypt, only two of those made it into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. That whole generation fell in the desert because they disobeyed God and they never got to experience that rest. But now the rest that he's talking about today is not necessarily a promised land because the promised land was a type and shadow of the kingdom of God that God has called for you and I to enter into. And so this is how he's making this comparison to these Jewish people. Yes, your, your forefathers who died in the wilderness, they could have went into the promised land, but because they were disobedient, they weren't able to go in. But he says there still remains a rest that you and I are stands that we can go into. And God wants us to enter that rest. The promise still stands, that, and that promise is salvation. That's the key. This is the thing. The key to his rest is faith in Christ Jesus. This is the key that it opens uh, the rest. Look at this. Verse, uh, verse 2. He says, For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So faith opens the door. When you put your faith in Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, it opens the door for you to enter into the rest. You can't enter into God's rest without having faith in Jesus Christ. You will never experience that rest on your own. It's only when Christ comes into our life. So the good news is it's there. The good news is Jesus is the key. Look at the next verse in verse 3. For only, it says, for only we who believe can enter his rest. Only we who believe. The world doesn't know what the rest is. We see the turmoil going on around us all around this world today. But the, you know what? In the midst of troubled times, in the midst of difficulties, when you have faith in Christ and you, you know who you are in Christ, you can rest in his presence. You don't have to be moved by the things that you see or things that happen around you. You can have peace in the midst of it. Amen? But you can't enter that rest without having faith in Christ. He says, for only we who have it, only we who believe can enter that rest. And for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. See, when Jesus got done creating the world, the word of God, and we'll look at this moment, says he rested. See, God already had a way in his mind to, to redeem man in case man fell. Think about this. His, all his work was done because the word of God says that what? Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth. God had already had in place a way to redeem man back even if man fell and were disobedient, in which they did. But God rested because this seventh day rest was there from the very beginning. So the, the author states that the promise that we're, that we're to enter into is we're to, it still stands that we can enter that promise, but with the key to entering that promise is through Jesus Christ. See, his place of rest is already ready. It's there. Look what it says in verse 4. 
we know it is ready because of the places in Scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from his works. In other words, it's done. Jesus is already in place. It's ready to go. I've got it all in place, a way to redeem them. And God's saying that, that rest is ready for you and I. Now, let me just say this this morning. If you are, have not accepted Christ as your Savior, maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here in the, in the building this morning, but you've never given Christ your, your life, and you're saying, my life's messed up and it's hurting and there's turmoil all around, you can only enter that rest through Jesus Christ. I remember... Before I got saved, my life was I, was, I was kind of a messed up young man. I was looking at how I could fill this void in my life. And I remember the night that I got saved. I tell you what, I went into that place a troubled young man. And I, when I came out of that church, my life had totally radically changed. I mean, there was a peace that came over in my life that I had never experienced before. There was a, a guilt lifted off of me of, of the things I had done. And I felt like a new person, totally new, I really did. I felt like everything was taken away. And I was brand new in Christ. I was excited. I, I went home and told my, my family that about this experience of me getting, getting saved and having Christ in my life. I was excited about it. But see, I entered into that rest. But here's the thing. I didn't, it's not a rest that I move in and out of. I am a part of the kingdom of God. I believe that Jesus Christ has done all the work for me, and I've accepted him. And through the years, I've gotten into the word, and I've grown, and I've matured, and I know I'm even stronger today about who I am in Christ. I don't have to question that. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And when everything else is messed up, and even that maybe I go through a difficult time, I can still go through that difficult time with a rest and a peace that God has given me. An undisturbed peace that's available. And if you don't have Christ in your heart, you don't know what I'm talking about in this. You, don't, you have never experienced that kind of peace and the rest that God wants to give you. So he says it's been ready for us to enter to. Look at verse 5. Verse 5, it says, but in other, in other passages, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. He's speaking to the children of Israel. They would never go. See, don't fail to enter his rest. Don't fail at church. God said, God, so God's rest is there for the people to enter. But those who first heard the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Now listen, if you're listening to us online this morning or here in the sanctuary, I want to just take a few moments to just tell you. If you are lost and you don't know, you want this peace, you want this rest I'm talking about today, you have to be willing to surrender to Christ. You don't walk in disobedience away from God. Surrender your heart to God today and allow God to come into your life. See, today is the day. Today is the day for you to enter that rest. Look at what he says in verse 7. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later in, the, in words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, he said, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. If you're listening to me right now and you're in, on, online or whatever, and you're listening, listen, God is, God's calling you. Don't harden your heart. If God's saying, I want you to surrender, I want, I want to give you rest, I want to give you peace, 
Don't harden your heart in disobedience and walk away from God. Today is the day. You say, well, maybe next week or maybe when I get cleaned up, maybe when I get things right, I'll, I'll think about giving my life to Christ. Today is the day. You're, we're not promised that there will be another opportunity. We're not promised that there will be another day. Today is the day. Don't harden your heart. Don't allow your heart to be hardened that you miss out on the rest that God has for you. See, church, it's available. But people, if we harden our hearts, we will never enter into it. But if we surrender to Christ, we can live in that rest today. He says, God announced through David, today is the day. Don't harden your heart. Hear his voice. He's speaking to you today to come to him. Now, let's look at this. In Hebrews 4, 8 and 9, it says this. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoke about another day of the rest still to come. See, he, he goes back, he's using this Old Testament illustration of the children of Israel. Yes, Joshua led them into the promised land. But it was, it's, it's kind of like I say, it's a, it's a type and a shadow of the kingdom of God. And he said, yes, but they didn't really, that was a temporary rest that they had. But God's saying, the rest I have for you is an eternal rest. It's a peace that you can live in. It's a peace that you can abide in. It's a peace that can be contagious in other people's lives as you walk in his rest and live in his rest. Of knowing who you are. See, he said if Joshua could have given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. So, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. You know, a special rest. The special rest is salvation. But I, you know what I, I look toward uh, in, the, in the future? Is the future rest that we will have in the kingdom of God. See, when we leave this world, we go into the presence of God. We get, to, we get to know what real rest is. We really get to know what real peace is if you know Christ Jesus as your Lord. But here's the thing. He said, he said there's a special rest for the people of God that you can enter into. And church, it's not about your works. It's not about your works. It's about his works. Amen? It's about his work, what he's done. And I know there's, there's people that have been raised in Catholicism around this. Catholicism is huge in this part of the country. And I know people sometimes, they, they feel like if I don't do certain things because of my religious background, because of what you've been taught, you try to, you try to marry some of that stuff in with, with Christ. And, and it doesn't, sometimes doesn't work, okay? But here's the thing. It's sometimes those habits are hard to break, aren't they? Aren't they? I mean, I was raised in Pentecost, and I've always thought certain things had to be a certain way. And you know what? I, there were some things, legalistic things that I had learned through the years that I found out that was not in the Word of God, and I, I had to begin to break it loose from them. But you know what? Because I thought those were very spiritual things, it was hard for me to break loose from the, some of that. It was, it was very hard because, I mean, I had, a, I had different looks and different views because I'd heard things preached so, in such a way that it was such authority that I thought it was the Word of God. Anybody ever know, know what I'm talking about? And you, then you say, well, let me see if I can find that in the Word. And you begin to look in the Word, and it's not there. It was somebody's opinion they were preaching very strongly about, and it got in, and you think, well, that's the Word of God says that. I, I mentioned something one day to some person. They said, uh, they, I'd said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember the incident. And the person came right back to me and said, you're wrong. That's, th this is what the Bible says. I said, no, no, no. And so we went there, and guess what? I was wrong. Because I was quoting, or, or let me say this, I was parroting something that I'd heard from somebody else. And see, this is the thing. God wants us to, to realize it's not about what we do. It's all about what he's done. See, look at Hebrews 10, 4, 10. He says, 
For all who entered into God's rest has rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. If you're trying to win God's favor by doing certain things, you're never going to do it. Jesus has already paid it all. He bought it all. He paid for everything at the cross. And all he's saying for you, I want you to enter my rest. I want you to know who you are in Christ. I want you to understand who you are in Christ. And I want you to live in me. How many know the word of God says we live and move and have our being in him? Amen. And we got to come to a place where we can just, instead of trying to work it and please God through our works, we got to come to a place of surrender. We got to surrender into his arms and say, God, I just give it all over to you because of God. It's not about what I do. It's about everything that Jesus Christ has done. He's my sustainer. He's my, he's my all in all. He's the, he's the, my victory today. And I have to come to a place that I can just rest in that. I don't have to do religious things to win God's favor. I mean, some people say, well, I, I, I'll give, and maybe I, I'll give this special offering, and maybe God will move this way, or God will bless me in this way, or I'll do this, and maybe God will do that. No, no. I, you don't give to get some. You know the reason I give? I give because I love him. You know why I get in the word? I get in the word because I love his word. I love him. You know, the reason I pray is not to, not to say, God, I did so many penance and so many prayers. Is that good enough to God? No, I do that because I love him. Everything I do for God should be out of my motivation of my love for him because he loved me. Not trying to work into God's favor. You already are a child of God. You are forgiven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have a seat in, the th- in, the, in heaven one day. You are a child of God. You need to begin to believe what God's word says about you and realize it's not about your works. It's about everything that he has done. It's about everything he has done. It's not about you working it. He says when we enter his rest, we cease from our works. We cease from our works. Look at verse verse 11. He says, so let us do our best to enter the rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Church, he says, work at, he says, do whatever you need to do to get into my rest. Stay there, live there. Church, I'm talking about a place that you can live in every moment of every day. I really believe that. God wants us to stay in that place of rest with him. But you can't stay in that place of rest with him if you're not in the word of God. If you're not not staying in prayer. you You don't win his favor that way, but that's the way God keeps you sharp. Amen? So let us, he said, do your best to enter that rest. Don't be disobedient like the children of Israel. You know, the children of Israel, if you think about it, I said, I preached a few weeks, a few months ago now, weeks, months now, it was talking about how many times the children of Israel complained and disobeyed God. There was like over 14 times where they complained against God and against Moses when he was trying to lead them into the promised land. They were disobedient, so they never were able to enter the rest. But see, church, by our obedience to Christ, we can go in and remain in his rest. Now, here's the thing. As he's saying all of this, all of a sudden it sounds like he changes, he's changing uh, subject matter, but he really isn't because the word helps us remain in the rest. The word of God, the word of God, listen to what it says. You guys, you've probably read this scripture many, many times too. It says, for the word of God is powerful. 
It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and moral. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. Now look at this. He's saying, He wants you to rest. Cease from your works. But here's how you remain in the rest. You, let God, you get into the Word of God, and you allow the Word of God to begin to kind of do surgery on you, to work in your life. See, if you want a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot have that apart from the Word of God. You can know about God. You might know about Him, but you won't know Him without the Word of God. You've got to get this Word. The Word is not trying to earn God's favor. It's saying, God, I need this Word to begin to cut away in things in my life that is keeping me from living in that rest and staying in that rest. And that's what the Word of God does. And the Word of God says everything is laid open before God. So you may think that you're hiding something from God, but He knows it already. And if you get in the Word, the Word of God begins to convict you, and the Word of God begins to change you and transforms you more and more into the image of Christ. That's the reason the Word of God is so important. That's the reason the writer Hebrews is saying, listen, the way you're going to stay in the rest and remain in that rest is you've got to allow the sharp, powerful Word of God to begin to cut away some things in your life. I remember when I first got saved, I had some hobby, uh, habits and different things that I didn't think were so bad. I mean, I, I was forgiven. I was, I was okay. All of a sudden, now I get in the Word of God, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit convicts me of certain things because of what the Word of God says. So what do I have to do? I have to say, God, I'm, I, I need this to be cut off. And God says, I already knew that, and so i got to surrender to it. And as I surrender to it, He removes it, and now I, I walk in a deeper rest and deeper place with Him. But see, the problem is a lot of us are not willing to allow the Word to convict us. We've pushed it aside and said, well, that's okay. Listen, when you get in line with God's Word, you can go into a deeper place of rest and a deeper relationship with God than you've ever had before. But you've got to allow the Word of God to do the work that it's supposed to do. If you want a deeper walk with God, you want a deeper relationship with God, get into the Word of God. Not because you're trying to win it, but you're trying, you want to know more of Him. You want to know more about God. You want to know more about His love. You want to know more about His grace. You want to know more about His character. You're not going to get it by hearing it from somebody else. You've got to get the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to bring it alive in you. And line our lives up with the Word of God. See, the Word of God does surgery. It prunes us. Now look at what he says. This is more about, I love John 15. Now we're just going to read two verses from there. John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. God says, I'm going to cut off everything in your life that's not bearing fruit. But I've got to allow him to cut it off. I've got to submit to him. Amen? I got to submit to him and say, okay, God, I realize this is not producing in my life. I realize that I am messed up. I realize this is dealing with some things in my life. God, I just take, just cut it out of my life. You know, that, how many know that's a dangerous prayer to pray sometimes? I mean, there's many times, and through the years, and I still at times pray it, I say, God, if there's something in my life, God, I just, I ask you to cut it off. I ask you just to take it out of my, I've even prayed, I've thought that even pastoring this church over the years, even my first pastor, I prayed this same prayer, and I pray this still today. God, if anything is built upon Gary, tear it down. Tear it down. 
I don't want it to exist because I want Jesus to be seen. And every one of us should be in our lives. God, cut this stuff out of my life that I can produce more fruit for the kingdom of God, that I can be the man or woman of God that you've ordained for me to be and not being held back by these things. God, do the work in me. And I, I sincerely, if this anything that's been built here at Tower Hill Church, if it's built on me, I ask God, tear it down. I want it to be built upon the Lord Jesus Christ because that's the only way it's ever going to last. Amen, church? That's the only way it's going to last. See, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes those branches that do bear fruit, so he wants us to produce more. So the word of God is what helps us to remain in that rest and go deeper into that rest that God has for us. You know, this next thing I just said, you know, it's just amazing to me. After everything we read, oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a king we have. Now, you think about everything that he's talking about, them entering to the rest, and then he goes after he talks about how to use the word to let it cut away at you and let it help you develop you. He says in verse 14, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. In other words, what's he saying to his readers? He's saying, don't give up. Don't go back under Judaism. Don't go back under the law because there's no forgiveness there. There's no redemption there. There's no, there's no peace there. You're, you're always, it's always, it's always going to remind you of your sin. He says, stay firm with Christ. Live in Christ. Do everything you are in Christ Jesus. Hold firmly. Don't go back. There's no turning back, he's basically telling them. You, there's nothing over there that's going to help you. Nothing over there is going to bring forgiveness of sin. There's nothing over there that's going to change your life. This is, hold firmly to the truth. And that's what he's saying. He's, he, this Jesus is saying, that this Jesus, he's our high priest. And he's saying, hold firmly to that. Now look at verse 15. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses understands our weaknesses anybody got any weaknesses in here yeah we all do don't we some of you didn't raise your hand i know you do but he says he's he is a high priest who understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do yet he did not sin christ came and took on flesh that he would Go through the time of knowing what we, you and I struggle through. Temptation, testings, everything. He said everything that you ever think you're going to ever face, Jesus came and he knows what that, what's that like. And he knows how to minister to you during this time. He knows how to help you in your weaknesses. And are your weaknesses should not be something that pulls you away, but your weaknesses should help you to surrender more to God. Say, God, I realize I need your help. I can't do this without you. I can't do this. I can't make it without you. But he says we have, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. You're tempted. Anybody ever face temptation? Yeah, all of us at times, right? But thank God we have a high priest that knows what that's like. But he didn't give in to it, and he can help you not to give in to it. How many know temptation is not sin? It's what you do with that temptation that determines whether it's sin or not. If you're tempted, run from it. That's, flee from it. But if you are tempted and you begin to give into it, then it becomes sin. 
But he says Christ knows, he's familiar with all of our weaknesses. What a, what, a, what, a, what a Savior that is, amen? What a Savior that is for us to know that we have a Savior who know, who's in, he knows how we feel. He knows our weaknesses. He knows everything about us and still loves us. See, that's the high priest we have, church, today. A high priest that cares so much for us that we can come before his throne. Look at, the, look at this. We can approach him with confidence. We can approach him with confidence. Look what it says. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Think about this for a moment, church. If you are a child of God, you can go directly into the throne of God before God, into the Holy of Holies. Now, now, think about his readers that in the book of Hebrews that the author is talking to. This is a people, this is a people who had been living under the law, who had been making sacrifices, who had now some of them trying to go back into that, and he's saying to them, You can go into the presence of God. How many know that was foreign to a lot of them? Why? Because they had to always go to the priest and do the sin offerings and do all the things they had to do. Not only that, they, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, and that was only once a year, and he had to go through sacramental cleansings himself before he could ever go in. And now the writer of Hebrews is saying, you can go boldly with confidence before the throne of God. How many know, I, I have a feeling some of his, his readers that were said, there's no way. There's no way we could ever do that. But here's the thing. Every believer, every believer has been given access to the throne of God. Every believer. Not just the evangelist, not just the prophet, not just certain people. No, every believer has been given access. Because when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he said through faith in Christ, you have access. You can enter into the presence of God. You no longer have to have somebody mediate for you. Jesus has already done all the work, and he's saying you can come with before the throne of God, and you can find God's grace for whatever you need in life as you go before his throne. See, when Jesus died on the cross, we realized that there was the curtain in the, in the, in the temple. It split in two from top to bottom representing a, a new way of entering. We enter in through the blood of Jesus Christ. We enter in through the, the body of Jesus Christ who is sacrificed for us, who paid for everything for us, that all we have to do is surrender and accept what he's done for us, and now we can enter into his presence. You don't have to have somebody else intercede for you. I thank God that I can just walk into his presence. What gives me that right? Jesus, faith in Jesus Christ. That's what gives all of us the right. So understand this morning, God wants you to rest in him. God wants you to just quit trying to make it happen and just surrender to him. See, it's not about my works, it's about his works. It's not about your works, it's about his works. It's not about me trying to win God's favor, he already loves me. 
Matter of fact, the Word of God says, well, before I ever accepted Christ, it said, while I was yet a sinner, Christ loved me. Think about that. Before you ever made a move toward God, He already made a move toward you by giving His Son. Because He loves you. And when you come a child, how much more does He love you? You don't have to work for this thing. You have to accept it. Amen? Now, there's works that follow salvation, repentance. That's living unto God. Amen? But that's not, I don't have to work to win God's favor. But see, because that word rest in this passage of Scripture, I want you to understand, does not mean idleness. It means your work within the kingdom of God, and He was working with you and empowers you to do what needs to be done, and you can continue to remain in His rest. Because it's not about you and I, it's all about Him. Amen? It's all about Him. So we can come boldly and confidently before the throne of God. Romans 5 says that we have been given access through faith in Christ into the presence of God. You can go there yourself. You can have a deeper relationship with God than you've ever experienced. Get into the Word. I tell you, get in the Word because you love Him. Get in the Word and because you, you desire to know more about Him. Get in prayer and get in fellowship with Him, and you're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper in your relationship. You can, you can come up to the altar and say, I want to just, be, I want to be, just go deeper with God. And would you just pray for me to go deeper with God? What I really need to pray for you is that you'll get into the Word. That you'll get in the Word and allow the Word to begin to transform your life. And allow the Word to illuminate Christ. And that you would allow the Word to begin to do surgery on you. Begin to cut away some stuff in our lives. That we can go deeper with God. Because that's the way we do it. I mean, I don't know many. I mean, as a young believer, I remember going to the altar and I'd say, Oh, I just want more of God. Would you just pray for me to have more of God? And... Somebody would pray for it. God, just let him have more of you. Let him have more of you. Nothing happened. Anybody ever been there? Nothing happened. Nothing. Okay. Then all of a sudden, somebody challenged me one day to get in the Word. I said, Gary, if you want to know more about God, get in the Word. If you want to know more about God and His heart, begin to pray the Word. Begin to live the Word. Begin to let the Word of God transform your life. And that's, that's where growth took place. That's where true growth took place. I know sometimes, I know I'm repeating this. In a sense, I'm repeating because I always say the word and prayer, word and prayer, word and prayer, and prayer and the word. For almost 23 years I've said that at this church. And it has not changed. You want more God? You want more freedom? You want more liberty in your life? You want to overcome addictions in your life? You want to overcome sin in your life? You want to overcome the bad habits of your life? Get into the Word of God. Get into the Word and begin to live the Word and pray the Word and allow the Word just to work in your heart and your life. Because that's what's going to change. That, that way you can, you can come boldly before the throne of grace and find whatever you need. Amen? Allow God to speak into your heart and life today. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, this morning, just to share the word with your people today, God. And that's what we did. We're just walking through these, ver these chapters, God, and just letting you reveal truth, oh God, into our hearts and lives. Father, there is a rest for the people of God. 
But Father, there's a rest for those are out and maybe their life's just messed up and they don't know where to turn or what to do. But God, there is a rest for them. There's a rest that they can enter into today, oh God. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just begin to touch people's hearts and lives. I ask it in Jesus' name with heads bowed, no one looking around. And maybe those at home, maybe you've never entered that rest that we talked about. You don't, you don't have a clue what that even feels like. But you'd say, Pastor, I feel something, the Holy Spirit tugging at my heart. And that's what he's doing. He's pulling you. He's saying today, today is the day, surrender. You can enter that rest by simply surrendering to Jesus Christ. So right now, I just want to pray a simple prayer. And if you need Jesus in your heart and your life, and you want to enter that rest and live in that rest that he has for you, I want you to pray this with me. And if there's anyone here in, this, in the auditorium, you say, Pastor, I'd like to know Jesus. Would you pray for me? When no one looks around, would you slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you. Anyone, I pray that you know him. Father, as I come before your throne, I thank you, Father, that I can live in your rest. I can live there, Father God. I can stay right there with you, oh God, loving you. Father, I don't have to walk out of this, the peace of God. I can remain in your peace. Father, and I just thank you for that. And God, if there's, I pray for that one that might need Jesus today that's never known your rest, that they would just enter in today through faith in Jesus as they put their heart, their trust in Christ. They confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and they believe in their heart. Father, your word says they would be saved. And I just pray, God, that they would just utter those words in sincerity. Jesus. You are the Son of God. Be my Savior. Come into my life today. Cleanse me and make me your child. In Jesus' name. I pray that if you did that this morning, would you do us a favor if you're watching online? Send us a, a, a message online and just let us know that you, you made that decision to follow Christ. And we'd love to get you some material to help you in your walk with Christ. But God is a great and awesome God. Would you stand with us this morning? so good to be back together this morning as the body of Christ but I just want to remind you this morning to be obedient to the Lord in your, in, in your giving of your tithes, your offerings, there's offering boxes by the back door but also you can give through text or online but God is a great God and I want to challenge you to live in his rest stay in that resting place with him, don't move out of it go deeper in it and allow God just to bring peace. And you know what? When you, when you go back into work, whenever you get back in the office, it can be noticeable, really noticeable for you because what people are going to see, there's something different. Because why? When you go deeper with God, you, you, He pulls away some of the fleshly things and we become, become more and more like Him. And the more we become like Him, the greater the impact we will have in the people around us. Amen.